the get up, get out, and do something virtual voter rally was designed to encourage people to vote in the 2020 general election. We have seen the statistics of voter turnout from past elections, and we also have heard about the unjust obstacles being created to discourage and prevent underrepresented communities and populations from voting. Even with the aforementioned, we know and still believe in the power of the vote. And that's why it is imperative that we unite and encourage everyone to march to the polls. It is no longer just our right, it is now our obligation. Join us as we are joined by our guests to get up, get out, and do something during this virtual voter rally, which originally aired on October 24th, 2020. Just to kick things off, um, one, just, just checking in on your mental. How are you, like, Black man living in America, how, how are you in your respective areas, in your cities, relationships like how how is all of like how are you um i'll go first one word exhausted um if i could take the skin off and hang it out to dry for one day <laughs> i'll pay a million dollars <laughs> honestly it's it's exhausted just being just being a black man um this political environment um pandemic uh so many other things work <laughs> you know what i mean they, the, the list can keep going for me yeah, I think that um, exhausted is a, a very good word. Um, it's, it's tough um, dealing with COVID itself. Um, and then, of course, all the different social injustices that have happened um, during this time uh, have definitely laid on top of our, our backs and our shoulders. Um, and so, yeah, it's definitely been exhausting. Um, I'm blessed, you know, to be able to still be bringing in money, which I know a lot of people aren't. Um, and so I know uh, how blessed I am to be able to be in a position that is continuously able to pay for me and, and, and uh, take care of my family. So that's ex extremely important. Uh, but yeah, man, just trying to keep uh, hopes high and not allow those things to distract me from how important this year is uh, when it comes to our election. Yeah, yeah I, you know, um, Proverbs seventeen seventeen says a brother loves at all times a friend loves at all times, but a brother is born for adversity. Mm. A brother is born for adversity. And, you know, the collection of brothers and men that we have here on the panel this evening, uh, this, this session was uh, especially meaningful to me, uh, one, to check in, but two, um, to pose a question, you know, with all of the, the civil unrest that has occurred this, uh, this year, and in the peak and in the hot of a hot tumultuous election season, we've also lost several key leaders of our fraternal organizations this year. Um, and I mentioned in an earlier segment that yeah, I'm I'm a I'm a brother of Phi Beta Sigma fraternity, but I got an alpha on my I got an alpha on my shirt. Mm -hmm. I'm a Christian. I have a Muslim on my shirt mm -hmm. because our collective greater good is more important than my organizational affiliations or even some of my own personal beliefs. Like we are all interconnected. And uh, with that uh, in mind, how do you think, why is it important for uh, brothers of the MPAC to be actively involved in the political process and um, encouraging and mobilizing our communities to go out and vote uh, this November 3rd? 
Errol, you want to go first? I, I can take it. <laughs> um, I, I'll go first this time. Um, I think that this is one of those times where, um, yes, we do have this platform. Yes, we are a part of this organization, but uh, we are men, uh, period. We are human beings, period. Um, and human beings that live in the United States of America. Um, and I think that it's extremely important for us um, to, of course, use our platform to basically make sure that people are doing the minimum of what they should be doing as a human being in the America, in America. Um, and so I think it's important for us to use our influence um, and use our platform to make sure that one, that we are um, educating um, those that look up to us. Um, that's a big thing that I kind of learned maybe about four or five years ago um, was that even my Facebook friends list is basically either people I went to college with or family who look up to me as the first generation college student. And so certain information that I display, um, they will take it as Bible, you know, they will take it as, as information. And so being able to kind of teach um, discernment um, through how I uh, approach um, my platform is extremely important. And so um, that's kind of why I really think it's just, it's overly important for us, yes, to use our influence, um, but to make sure that people understand that this is a right that was um, not given. Um, this is something that was fought for. Um, and so we owe it to our ancestors to really truly do our part um, to get out there and vote. Right. Um, I, I agree totally. Um, even even to bring to another platform as global citizens, um, you know, a lot of people look to America to be that, you know, guiding principle of, you know, freedom and everything that's good. But we have so many things that's wrong with just even our history and still to the, today, you know, that we're still trying to write and, and correct rather. Um, so for us as Black Greeks, um, I hope that we don't think we're a part of some elite group that's separate from our communities because at the end of the day, when we get pulled over, whenever anything happens, they don't care about what letters we have on our chest. They care about you being whoever you are when they see you, whatever, you know, influences are. Oh, whoever, they, whoever they think you are. Whoever they think you are. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. Based on whatever background influences that they have culturally or whatever, um, you're going to be whoever that person is uh, to that person. So to me, I always feel like as being Black Greek, I should be a leader in my in my community to influence those around me and say, look, um, you know, I'm just having to be Greek, but at the end of the day, we all Black men, we all Black women, we're all minorities. You know, we need to be actively involved regardless, you know, if you're, if you're affiliated with a, a Greek organization or not. Right. What do you think, um, what do you think are some of the challenges that organizations like ours are facing in this current space that we're in right now? Um, well, as a president of a chapter, it's hard to recruit uh, people to be active again. Um, uh, people are, are burnt out, to be honest, and um, burnt out both internal issues as well as external issues. People don't, just don't want, they just want to go home mm -hmm. and chill out and veg because they're tired of fighting, they're tired of supporting a cause or whatever. Um, so I have to constantly remind them that, you know, it's not over until that dash is finished, you know, between our two dates. So we still got work to do. Take your rest, but please come back. Um, but you know what I mean? In, even if it's not within your, your respective organizations, just still be active, you know, be active in your child's 
you know, upbringing, whether you're helping out as a soccer coach or on a PTA, just be active because we need we need everybody's help. Yeah, I, I agree 100 um, percent. I think this is important to uh, make sure that we um, stay active um, because I think it's really easy for us all to um, kind of get in this melancholy state where we are just going through the motions where uh, every day feels like Monday. Uh, but it's important for us to do our part to like conquer that um, in our brains. And so I think that's also important when it comes to mental health um, and the place that we're in right now and how it's it could be easy to slide um, if you don't have a good grasp um, or good people in your in your your corner. And so I think that you know being in these organizations, we need to make sure that we are uh, doing our part to to take care of our community in all different ways. Um, so we can go out there and tell you to go vote. Um, but if we haven't given you the information on who to vote for or who you should be thinking about or um, the pros and cons of both um, both candidates, it's important for us to do all of those things. Um, but yeah, I think that, you know, naturally we can be somewhat selfish, um, but I think in today's world, it's, it's even easier for us to be more selfish because we are so busy just trying to make sure we're okay. Um, but we we have a, we are on a platform and we do belong to an organization and and when we got into that organization we made a pledge um, that we would be here for the community um, as well as ourselves. The uh, the I can't I can't take my eyes off of the pictures in your background, Harold. Um, <laughs> I'm a, I'm just a huge Richard Pryor fan, mm -hmm. um, but the the Ali Malcolm X picture resonates with me. Um, and, I, and, and I think it, it, it's timely for this conversation amongst brothers, amongst family. Mm -hmm. Muhammad Ali, when uh, he chose not to enlist uh, because he was drafted by the army um, and, and, and going uh, through the process of becoming a conscientious observer, mm -hmm. he had counsel of other men, other prominent athletes that were in his corner and standing behind him. If you all remember the famous picture of the press conference and you had pretty much the, 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 the all-time greats of that time, but the, they were the all-time greats of the all-time greats. You know, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, uh, Bill Russell, Jim Brown, like, I mean, heavy hitters of that day that all supported his initiative, though they were not necessarily experiencing the same kind of treatment they understood his stance and his principle. How do you all think in that, in that same vein, how do you all think we can do a better job of working across color lines in order to um, uplift our community? Because a lot of times what I see uh, amongst, amongst the Greeks is, all right, well, you know, every, you know, especially coming from a, a circle that I have, where I have a diverse uh, friend base that I, you know, Kappas, Alphas, uh, Q's, Sigmas, and everybody's doing something. You have the same kind of thing with the sororities. And so uh, Will may reach out because we have, you know, he has his annual scholarship event and I'm supporting that. But at the same time, uh, you know, a Kappa buddy, a Ronald might say, well, hey, I have such and such for a fundraiser for, uh, for a Kappa event. And if that is all the case, like how do we um, use that discernment that you mentioned, Harold, to figure out how we can better collaborate because we, can not, we can't succeed as individuals. We can't succeed in isolation. And what you eloquently um, stated is that as a member of the organization, as a participant within the organization, 
actively involved in the organization, you have strength in numbers, right? But, you know, Sigmas can only have but so much strength. Kappas can only have but so much strength. Omegas can only have but so much strength. How do we kind of break the break break down those barriers to say, you know what, we're stronger together than apart? Well, I'll talk about my experience recently. Um, I, I went to the, uh, Kappas had a fish fry about a couple weeks ago, well, last month probably. Um, and it was at their, uh, uh, this was the Alexandria Fairfax alumni chapter. So they have a building um, in the community and they gave us a tour and everything. And they actually have like a whole bevy of community resources right there. Um, there was like even a flight lab to teach uh, kids how to learn how to fly planes already. So for me, why would I recreate the wheel and try to do the same thing? You know, with us trying to create our Sigma Beta Club, I'm gonna be trying to bring my Sigma Beta Club members to go attend one of their classes and vice versa. You know, if we have resources that they can benefit from and that's how you truly break down that barrier because at the end of the day, we're all start trying to do the same thing, like you said. Like, so why is it that only, you know, those in the Kappa League only goes to that or only Sigma Betas, you know, it, it should be cross-pollinated across all the organizations. Yeah, I think that um, it's, uh, very similar to um, our different religions. Um, they have a lot of similarities, but um, if you are so set in your own religion, you will never take the time to look um, at um, another religion to see how similar they are. And so I think that we are the same way. Um, hopefully mature Greeks, you know, for the most part have learned that and they've learned that their best friends, I mean, the best, my, the best man in my wedding was the alpha man. You know what I'm saying? I had eight other fraternity brothers that was on <laughs> on my party, but my best man was an alpha man, you know what I'm saying? And so um, I think it's important for us to uh, do our part to understand that we, division can be divisive. Um, and so if we allow it to, um, if we allow ourselves to become the Crips and the Bloods, then we'll find ourselves dealing with those type of situations that they're dealing with. And so uh, we are supposed to be um, those that care about our community, um, even if they don't wear our letters, um, we're supposed to be working towards, um, I mean, just fighting a good fight, you know what I'm saying, all of us in divine nine. And so I think that, uh, you know, thinking about it like that, like, as far as religion, when you finally get a chance to learn about, about Islam or about Judaism, um, you find out there's so many different similarities that we um, neglect because we, we choose not to be, or we choose to stay ignorant on, on those situations. Um, I also think it's important to make sure that we um, do our part to be as proactive as possible um, instead of reactive. And so like right now, we kind of have an opportunity now to come together before stuff hits the fan. Because we all got each other's back when stuff hits the fan. We're ready to protest. We're ready to fight. You know, we could all be in a room, <laughs> different Greeks, different organizations, um, and let somebody come in and call somebody the N-word. And everybody ready to ride. Oh man, it's the furniture. <laughs> the furniture didn't even have a chance to get settled. It just started out, moving. It out of the black as the pit from pole to pole. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's, it's important that we do our part now to to create these proactive collaborations, um, so that we're not um, just trying to react to um, another four years from a certain president or so on and so forth. And so. Um, yeah, I, I'm with Will. I think we we need to collaborate. Don't reinvent the wheel. Um, there are so many awesome things happening. Working in higher education, that's something I learned really fast, is that something that you want to do is already being done at another university. What can I do to get that information? I can probably 
pat that person on the back who came up with that program and they'll give me everything I need for me saying, hey, I'm really good at, uh, I'm really happy that y'all put this program on. And we're the same way. We all want that pat on the back um, for the hard work we put in. But I think it's just important for us to be proactive right now about collaborating um, for the bigger, the bigger cause. If I can add more to it too, um, when we work together, that larger number gets more attention. Like, you know, each individual chapters may only be giving out, you know, five to $10,000. But when you collectively say, everybody in North Virginia, DC, DMV, whatever, we give out over $100,000. You tell me no news source is gonna wanna tap on that. You know what I mean? So that's that's a prime example of why we should collaborate because it just amplifies our efforts, you know, to, a, to another level. Right. So with that, what are things that you are doing as an individual that can have a small impact in the dark corners where you are to where um, you can connect with someone and then join forces, whether it is interfraternal, whether it is your extra fraternal, whether it is extra council, right? Or intra council, like what, what, what are some things that you're working on that you know could have uh, an impact? Or even if you're not currently working on them, things that you have on your list that you would like to begin um, carving away at for the community? Um, I think for me, it's um, in my current role, it, it makes it really easy for me to get my hands on future, uh, future diverse leaders. Um, and so working with these young students, um, I come from a diversity background. Um, this is the first position that I've been in that has been over a specific demographic center. Um, so an African-American cultural center instead of a diversity and inclusion office. Um, and so my background is, is working with <clears throat> all of our people of color. Um, and I think that because of the fact that um, I was an African-American male, I probably put in more work learning about those cultures that I didn't identify with than my own because I felt like I already had that in the back. Um, but now that I'm here um, and I'm in this position, um, I think it's important. One, that, that I don't know for sure if it's as noticeable as, um, or that the students know this, but most of the African-American um, faculty and staff, and not necessarily always faculty, but definitely staff that work in these higher education institutions um, usually are Greek. Um, and so um, we go to these these big staff conferences, higher education conferences, and you throw up a sign and you'll see, you know, 30% of the conference come this direction, another 30 go that direction. And so um, I think it's important to, to do my part to, um, one, let them see um, the greatness that our organizations are, um, but then the personal people that are from our different organizations, um, link them up with um, our young students as mentors, um, get them involved in the community, um, make sure that I'm practicing what I preach. Um, I think that's a really big thing because um, I'm dealing with 21, 22 year old um, African-American students that are, are about to be released into this real world. And so I, I'm pretty lucky because I get a chance to deal with those new young leaders. Um, I'm not sure exactly what Will's position is, but um, I'm blessed to be in that position to kind of be the person that I needed uh, when I was a student. And so, um, yeah, Will, what do you got? So for me, um, I work in HR, so I get to see people coming and going, hopefully more coming than going. <laughs> but <laughs> um, I'm always definitely interested uh, because DC Water is, you know, 
built into the, the system of its environment. Of course, DC is still a chocolate city somewhat. Uh, we do have a high predominant uh, of uh, African-American employees. So of course, when they come through, I'm always making sure I'm either wearing a bracelet or something to identify myself because there's always usually another Greek coming through the door um, or at least I'm trying to recruit um, and say, hey, you ever thought about it? But no, honestly, it's really beyond just even being a Sigma, I try to be a part of the NAACP or any other local communities where I can cross pollinate, you know, just as just person who, you know, wants to be uh, proactive about helping out in the community. Um, in addition to right before COVID started, I was reading to, um, a child in uh, one of those schools in Southeast. And so for me, he's asking me questions about like, you know, the, the letters on my bracelet or whatever, and, and having him see that we're helping out. And I'm not doing it just in the name of Sigma, just as a black man, you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. at least that way he can go home and tell his mom or dad, you know, I met somebody who has this, you know, funny symbol on his thing, on his, on his bracelet. But, you know, it, it, that's how you start the conversation and really get people involved. If, if, are there any famous activists within um, your prospective organizations that had a significant impact not only on the culture but also in your own development and in your own life? Um, and, it, and, and what are the quali qualities that you admire that you would like to adopt and deploy in your own life from that fraternity brother that, that really was a guiding a guiding light within within your wall within your organization. I mean, mine is real easy. I mean, uh, John John Lewis, man, uh, the whole concept of good trouble, like um, you know, I, I like to say that I was a little woke when I came to George Mason, uh, coming from the Virgin Islands, that's where I'm born and raised, and so for me, I didn't understand some of the issues that you know Black Americans would would have to endure and just deal with it. And I'm like, no, let's, you know, let's shake the ground up and, and do some work because we can't accept this. You know, our, our, our ancestors didn't accept it. So I, I love that John was not fearful of, you know, getting in good trouble, whether it was when he was part of the SNCC or even now, at, you know, when he was part of the uh, Congress, um, that it's still, you still have a right to say something. You have a right to vote. You have a right to do everything. And that's what comes with being an American. And people forget that, that we have all these rights that we, you know, just look the other way. And I'm like, no, this, this that's one of your rights. Stand up for it, you know? Yeah, well, I know, I mean, we all know about that famous picture um, and having those uh, four fraternity, organi fraternal organizations represented in that one picture. And so we, we got Ralph uh, Abernathy, um, Reverend Ralph Abernathy. I mean, I think that he's probably one of the, the more quiet of the members as far as like his influence on the world. Um, but I know uh, what I know what joining this organization and then seeing that picture did for me, um, and I knew how it made me feel to be happy that we were all represented during that time period. Um, and so I love that picture of you know Jesse Jackson and Martin Luther King and Ralph Abernathy. I, I love seeing that picture. Um, but for me, honestly, um, <laughs> I come from Los Angeles, California. Um, so I do come from the area of Crips and Bloods, and I was born and, and raised in, in Inglewood, California, um, and then moved to Compton and more of my influential years. Um, but I, it's, it's funny that, that Will talked about um, being that young child that sees that, that um, funny symbol 
um, and being able to remember what that funny symbol is because that's part of the reason why I, I chose my fraternity was because uh, growing up in Inglewood, um, the area of Inglewood that I was in was majority bloods, which mostly most of Inglewood is bloods. <laughs> and so uh, we had apartments, apartment complex projects, different houses. Um, but I just remember this one uh, nice car and it was a Mercedes Benz. And if you had a nice car and you were in Inglewood, then you probably were doing something illegal. Um, but this particular person had um, KSI on his tags. And so I just saw um, K. I didn't know what the, I didn't know that Y was a side, but I was like, that's a, he must be like a big deal blood because yeah. he was red and white. <laughs> and he like had this Mercedes Benz, um, but then seeing him get out of his car um, and reach back for his kids in the back seat and he was wearing a suit. And I was like, nah, I don't know if he's a drug dealer. Like, I don't, I don't think he is. And he owned the house across the street from the apartment complex. And so um, I just remember um, getting to high school and being able to connect what I saw when I was young um, and how um, the people, the parents of some of my friends um, all represented these different organizations. Um, and so, you know, just uh, bringing full circle, uh, my one of my good friends, uh, Gina, She her dad was a pastor in the community, um, really good guy. And I remember going to their house and in their basement, um, he just had this full blown Kappa shrine and I just remember being like, okay, that's what I remember seeing. Um, and he was like, yeah, you don't know nothing about this. And he held up the yo. And I instantly was like, that's that's like the blood sign. And he was like, no, nah, this is capital. You got to earn this. And <laughs> so I tried to hold it up and he must have smacked my hand down so fast. And like <laughs> I told you, you got to earn it. Um, but just who he was in the community, it just, it, it, it resonated with who I wanted to be um, and who I needed to see. And so, um, yeah, I think it's important for us to play those roles um, for our students, um, our young children that they see us. When they see them in those colors, they need to know that those colors mean more um, than possible negative things. And so, especially in the Los Angeles community. Yeah, I, I think that I think that's good. Like in terms of the early exposure to um, Greek life right mm -hmm. I remember the first time I saw Greek symbols didn't know what they meant but I could connect them to people who were all about making good trouble I could connect right. them to people who were making sure that we were getting the information we needed so that we could go to college I was I could remember those symbols being around individuals that were like helping out in the church and doing things like they were modeling the way mm -hmm. and so I made that connection and then, you know, as I went off to school, I continued to make that connection and, you know, already had my decision in my head, but it was, it was reinforced when I, every community that I was exposed to and I saw individuals with these symbols was, was about achievement, right? And so I think it's, we have an obligation once we have made our pledge, made our oath to our organization, right? We have an obligation to uphold what our founders intended this organizations to be. Day in and day out, right? It, when I leave the house, if I, I remember my Dean telling me, he was like, if you go anywhere with this on, know that you're not going as yourself, you're going as Ronald the captain, mm -hmm. right? Like if you do something wrong, they're not gonna say Ronald did it, right? They're gonna say Ronald the Kappa did it and it's bigger than you. 
And it took me a while to understand that one, you know, like PWI, so it wasn't really that many of us to be like why. Yep. Yep. <laughs> right. And so with that PWI experience, just just knowing that this was bigger than us. And then as we became those mature Greeks that Harold mentioned, like we then saw that it was even bigger than us at the mature level. Right. Right. And constantly constantly being that example like I, I was talking to uh, my mentor the other day he's in a different organization and um he asked me he was like you know what's one, what's one thing that just keeps you motivated to to keep doing the work that you're doing and I was like yo man I'm just trying to be the man that I needed when I was a boy right whether that's in the community whether that's in the house whether that's at the job in the grocery store like being that example because, you know, I, I got it on my car. I have it on my keychain. Chances are I'm going to have it on my chest when I'm wearing it, right? I may have it on my wrist. I may have it on a hat. Whatever I'm a part of, right, you're going to see it dawned on me somewhere, right? And and so just being mindful. But how do you, how do we, as men within the fraternal organizations, how do we continue to, spread the light of our organizations of our divine council like how do we how do we do it especially with everything that's going on well i'll tell you even growing up um i actually saw more uh identity with the sororities growing up um my uh my algebra 2 trigonometry teacher uh, i always like to say she uh kind of pre-hazed us, making us learn about her colors that we had to turn in a report in either pink or green. Oh, God. Um, or we was going to get a grade deducted. Um, she, won't, she won't admit to it now, but I still remember. I'll never forget that. Um, but no, so so as um, as I grew up and I came back with my letters, a lot of the prominent people in my community were sigmas. And I was like, why did you say something? Like, why aren't you like promoting? And he was like, well, I mean, you know, and that's, that's our plight with our organization. We really are very humble. We come and do the work and sometimes we don't even wear letters. But so for me, I'm always cognizant of that, like you're saying, to always make sure I'm, I'm wearing something to identify me, not just because, you know, I want to, you know, showboat or whatever, but to say that this is who I am and this is what Sigmas represent, you know what I mean? So if we constantly keep that at the forefront of our mind, people are going to see the positive stuff about us and not talk about all the negative stuff, the hazing and all the other stuff. That's going to go away once they see us actively involved in our organizations and, you know, being a part of the community. So definitely always just making sure that you are, you know, represented at all, all means, wear a bracelet, something, you know? Yeah, I think that um, it's, uh, especially working in higher education, I love to work with um, other colleagues that are from different organizations, because um, I think it's important for our younger undergrad Greeks to see that. Like, I mean, even working in a position like HR, um, yes, it's one thing to see Phi Beta Sigma on a resume, but it's also something to see another divine nine organization on there. Like it just does something to your spirit. There's something that you know um, about that student and you can feel a certain way about that character um, just because they're part of that organization. And so I try to do my part to like, um, similar to what I do when, when it comes to my diversity work, I know that I'm a Kappa man, uh, but I think it's even more important for me to um, show that I have love for the different organizations um, just as much as I do my own. Um, and some, sometimes even more because I already feel like I got mine's covered and my little young undergrad brothers know that I got their back, but it's important for me to go above and beyond 
um, because of course some of that stuff is ingrained in us um, <laughs> that we are uh, divided um, during our time uh, getting into our fraternal organizations and sororities. Um, and so it's important to kind of iron that out as fast as possible. Um, and because once you get a chance to get rid of that thought pattern of we are different, we are divided, um, then you also have a better grasp on what can I do for the rest of my community. Um, and it's not just about what my organization can do, but what me personally can do um, with my brothers from different organizations or my sisters from different organizations. Um, how can we help the, the, the greater good? And so, um, yeah, I believe in showing my letters. Um, I have it in my office. I'm pretty subtle about it because I understand um, depending on the campus that I'm on, um, what the persona may be for my fraternity. I have to understand that I have to be cognitive of that. Um, and so sometimes I have to ease that in. You just um, can't walk up on anybody's set, man. <laughs> just can't. <laughs> I, you know, hey, hey man, it's, it's a certain code. And I think we all have grown up in environments where you just can't randomly just walk up on anybody's yard no. or anybody's house, right. put your feet up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no. You got to ease it in. So you may just have this like a, a red tie one day. <laughs> Waiting for someone to be like, hey, brother, I like that red tie. Oh, what you know about this color red? Yeah, and, then, and it's it's always mad ambiguous, you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, you know. Well yeah, meet meet me by the clock on the third Thursday at 11:35 in the evening. And I'll tell you where you can buy this tie. <laughs> it's always some crazy stuff, man. But but Harold, to your point, it's kind of crazy because I've I've been in I've been in higher education for almost 20 years, right? And with that, I've been on a wide variety of college campuses, HBCUs, large PWIs, small elite uh, PWIs, uh, community colleges, it, it, it's random. And the one thing that I have taken away throughout my career is that the black community on a PWIs campus is really as strong as the MPHC is strong and, right. and 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 you know when the mpac is strong the black community is generally strong i agree and um that's something that i i, I was able to really uh, become a part of a great community um and, and will i would say when we were undergraduates the you know like the frats the frat there were never all the frats on the yard at once <laughs> you know what i mean but whatever reason <laughs> you know well you know we're not gonna get into that right now but the friends were never on the yard at once so there was always this kind of competitive edge you know especially you know if it was a step show or just who ran the yard we all ran we all went through it and then at some point in our mind our chapter ran the yard yeah. Regardless if there's any validity to that or not, <laughs> but our chapter ran the yard. There's right? no data to prove it. There's no data to prove it. You but know what I mean? It may be trophies, though. <laughs> you know, and so Club when, fires. I, when I when I think about my my upbringing in in the Greek community um, as an undergraduate, and then having to advise different chapters and different student organizations as a professional, um, I've been in situations where it's sad when you have, you know, one chapter, it may be all alphas and, and all uh, AKAs, and then you might have uh, two cappers, they're getting ready to graduate. The Sigmas may not be on the yard. The SG rolls, one is a, a senior trying to get graduate. And you have this diminishing um, audience. 
And I really do think, like I had an aha moment um, recently speaking with some uh, young brothers on the college campus that I work on. And I felt sad for them because I'm like, man, it's, like, I asked the question, well, how strong is the population? Of course, you had you had some alpha, some alpha that had to come try to test me. And I'm like, young buck, young buck, I'm I'm 20 some years in this Greek game, man. You know what I mean? But uh, you know, and I asked the question, I said, Well, you know, what does the Greek population look like? And he explained the numbers, and it was sad, but he said, What? You know, they're 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 pretty much uh Greeks in all of the offices across campus. You know, they're professional Greeks or faculty across campus. And I, I think we what I what I hope what I hope for us is that we keep the same spirit of collabor co collaboration that um Harold, you articulated in that picture when you had a, a Ralph Abernathy and a Jesse Jackson and a John Lewis and a, a Martin Luther King. Because them four brothers, them four brothers put work in. Right, they put work in, and then I think if 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 young brothers and sisters don't see us putting work in, and also lifting while we're climbing, then a, a lot of the rich history and culture, and and just the pride that we have in our different organizations will diminish. You know, we're we're right now we put on a voting rally because we felt that it's too many of us that's really thinking about sitting out. It's too many of us that's really thinking about not participating in the political process. And I know um, the probability of that type of mentality goes down if that individual is probably affiliated with one of our organizations. Because the history in itself in, 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 in within our organizations is founded around social justice. We I had a frat brother that was on earlier and he talked about how social justice is embedded throughout the Bible. Nobody wants to give that credence, though. You know? and, I, and I think our organizations, collectively, were all founded on some very key principles for the upliftment of the Black community. Right. And if we get away from that, then what do we have left? Thanks. Well, so, so I'll, I'll tell you a perspective from, uh, from a collegiate advisor, because I'm the collegiate advisor for uh, Rotal. And um, some of the concerns that it's brought back to me, because I'm like, why, why is it such a hard time to recruit? And they were saying that just black male engagement uh, period is just so low. So they're already facing um, something in their demographic, in their generation, I guess, that's so already disconnected that I think people just got too comfortable. They see too many things on TV that looks like, oh, you know, those past days of slavery and everything is gone, but yet it's still almost like 1960s now. You know what I mean? Like it's still real. So I don't understand how they can be so disconnected when you just turn on the TV and you can see what's happening. Like, so either you just don't care or you think like you live in your own, you know, atmosphere that you think you're, you know, uh, <laughs> exempt from, from being pulled over one day or whatever the injustice may happen to you or whatever it is uh, that the, the uh, communities are deciding because you're not going to your local community, you know, um, uh, what's that, ANCs? I live in DC, so um, we call them ANCs, but whatever your, your local community, whether it's the PTA club, whatever, um, that they're deciding because you're not there to express your voice. You know what I mean? I, I went to a rally the other day uh, when they, uh, uh, to the new school, John Lewis High School, and they brought students who went to Thomas Jefferson, which is a school right around the corner from it, but it's one of those top 10 schools. Oh, it's a magnet school, yeah. Magnet school, right? Mm -hmm. And they were saying about their experience being, you know, one black member in their class or whatever, and yet, you know, not even, you know, three, four miles away, we have Thomas uh, 
it was called uh, uh, Robert E. Lee, but now they call it uh, John Lewis. And they're, you know, lacking in resources. So it's like, I don't understand how people don't wake up and say, you know, all these things that are going on, you need to be involved in. So for us, I'm going to always, you know, promote that they should join. And even if they don't join, at least come out to one of our community service events, because we're doing something to help the community. Absolutely. So brothers, uh, closing thoughts as we bring this conversation to a close. Um, closing thoughts as we are marching to the polls, or I'm sorry, strolling to the polls. <laughs> oh, and y'all case y'all gonna be shimmying to the shimmy polls. To <laughs> <laughs> we gonna stroll, y'all gonna shimmy. <laughs> them, them shoulders. Hey, I've been I've been waiting for a time such as this. <laughs> Oh, oh, look, I've been ready. Tell me when to go. (laughs) Final words as we close out this conversation. I I would say that I I just want um, the world, um, especially our United States community, to to make sure that they aren't voting off of pure emotion, um, but, but being able to use that emotion as fuel to dig deeper. Um, into the facts. And so um, I know that platforms such as Facebook have been doing uh, their part to try to help with the fake news and, um, you know, trying to break it down to where you can't share that type of information anymore. Um, But to be honest, I feel like a a lot of our, especially the the generation that we live in, and the time that we live in, um, it's not a lot of CNN watchers anymore. It's not a lot of of, of people who are looking at those respectable news platforms. Um, and some of those respectable news platforms have lost their respect. Um, and so- Who said uh, for the people in the back? <laughs> it's, so, it's, it's really a, a tough time to try to find that information. Um, but I just think it's important to dig deep for those facts um, and just make sure that we uh, just don't allow our emotions to um, take us away from voting. Cause I think that that's kind of what happened um, in our last election was uh, that, that whole aura of voting for the, the less of two evils. Um, and I, I might as well not even vote because I don't want either one of them. Um, and people not understanding how that can um, influence our country. And even you know trying to stay as biased as possible in my uh, statement. But um, when, you, when, when a person puts in their two weeks um, that's when you get to see their real character. And so these these next four years could be those two weeks. Um, and the little taste that we've been getting um, could end up being uh, a, a lot a lot more tasteful um, to those that don't look like us. It's a nasty taste too, man. <laughs> it's a nasty taste. It's a nasty uh, taste. And so, uh, yeah, just be smart um, and, and go vote regardless of who you vote for go vote because um your ancestors worked super hard to to get us here to to where we are today oh i'm here on three tenants uh health education and action especially political action make sure you're out there uh covering your mask covering your face with mask and washing hands and and staying up to date on everything going to see your doctors because if you don't have your health you can't do anything else then get educated you know, everything, everything that to, to, to win at life is going to be in a book. So I don't know what you need to do to, to smarten up, even in, in beating this political system, 
you got to learn how the laws are written so you can beat them, you can get involved and then, you know, vote against it or be a part of the system. And that's the other part that I, I want to say for those who say, you know, well, I don't like either candidate, then be that candidate that you want to vote for, because at the end of the day, you can't just not participate. You have to vote for somebody and you want to choose the best out of the whatever options that you have. But again, if you don't like what you're seeing, be active, be, you know, join your local community stuff or, or just run for president. You know, every clearly anybody can run for president. Yeah, they letting anybody else. Anybody. Fred, Fred, they letting anybody run for president these <laughs> days, man. Anybody else? The bar I, is so low. <laughs> I, mean, I don't think the job is that attractive, if you ask me. But people I'm about seem to look at the application myself. <laughs> well, you, you think about it though, like if if you can get a job where you're making six figures, free housing, and and you get the best health care known to mankind, charity for life. You're not held. You're not. You're not held accountable to get your job actually done. <laughs> that sounds like a great job to me, man. You can. You don't got to tell the truth. You can just be late. You can do it. You can. You can just run rampant.